0: take your Bible I invite you to join with me in reading today from the book of Ephesians beginning in verse 19 of chapter 1 Ephesians chapter 1 beginning in verse 19 we'll uh, begin in the middle of verse 19 and uh, go through verse 23 so 19 in the middle of that verse uh, through verse 23 this actually starts a new sentence in this this particular verse Um, The monk who decided to um, divide the scriptures into chapters and verses uh, didn't always uh, begin a new verse with the first sentence. (laughs) So, um, in fact, in the Greek text, there were no um, uh, punctuation marks. And uh, if you go back and research some of the original writings, uh, you'll have to figure it out based upon context. Uh, where to put the uh, periods and the verses and that sort of thing so it was quite a job and uh, the uh, one of the monks of the early church did that and we are grateful to have that even though there are many translations uh, all have to stay with the same chapter and verses uh, so that we can remain unified as a as, as a church I want to underline the appeal today to uh, put down on that little, insert that's in your bulletin there um, a place that you might serve Um, you're not signing up but to the nominating committee needs to know that you would be interested in serving and uh, I have come to say in recent days I'm a servant that's just who I am Uh, as a child of God born again believer in Christ I am a servant nothing more nothing other nothing less I'm a servant of the Lord And that's just what we do. I remember one time our son asked us, uh, Dad, if you weren't the pastor of the church, would we be going on Sunday? And I said, yes, son. That's just who we are. That's just what we do. That's our identity. We are servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, I don't buy into the idea that, well, when I was younger and I had interest in this age group, uh, I served then and I've served my time and I'm I'm just going to sit back from now on. I don't buy into that. Uh, You will dry up as a Christian. Uh, You will become uh, someone that just shrinks uh, in your walk with the Lord. Uh, You will become unhappy with yourself and your surroundings unless you give of yourself. And it's in serving that we give of ourselves. And so today as we talk about Christ as head of the church, we're really going to talk about when Christ is the head of the church. Two things are for sure to happen. Read along with me in this passage of Scripture, beginning in verse 19. The middle of that verse said, These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And He put all things in subjection under His feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills ponte in ponta all in all. Christ fills all in all. Will you join me as we pray? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to serve because you are the head of the church. You are our Savior and our Lord, as our beautiful songs today have proclaimed. Help us, Lord, to be servants that are dedicated, servants that love you enough to be dedicated to you. And may that word love translate into commitment and service on our part to demonstrate our love for you because you first loved us. You first died for our sins. You first demonstrated your great love for us. Help us, Lord, to be committed in our service to you. And not to say this is a season when we just sit back and relax, but this is a season when we will serve. Lord, we are entering a time when we will select deacons in our church. And I pray, Lord, that uh, in this selection process, uh, there would be more deacons to say, I'll be willing to serve than we even have need. I pray that this be our spirit. I pray this be our commitment going forward. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all who agreed said, Amen and amen. We are praying for our sister church, Buck Grove. Pray for them. Um, they are in the process of seeking a new pastor. Uh, Brother Dave Campbell has uh, uh, is going to retire, and he is uh, looking forward to that season of his life, and so we want to pray for our sister church in that way. Number one, <clears throat> when Christ is the head of the church, when Christ is the head of the church, We discover in these verses of Scripture that ministry is performed by the strength of His power. Our ministry, what we do for the Lord, uh, we do not do on our own strength, but we do so in the power of the resurrected Christ. It is the resurrected Jesus who lives in every believer. And as a follower of Christ, what I do requires resurrection power to perform. There was an occasion when Jesus told the disciples, now, it's your time to go out and minister. It's your time to go out and serve. And they went out and they served, and they came back and they said, Lord, it was just amazing. Uh, There were demons that were cast out, people were healed. Uh, Lord, it was just amazing at the wonders that were performed. And then he sent them out a second time. And when he sent them out a second time, they came back and and they said, you know, very little happened. Very little happened. What's, what's the difference? What was wrong? And Jesus instructed his disciples that this kind of ministry comes by prayer and fasting. It comes by spiritual discipline in walking with Christ. So much so that we learn that we are dependent entirely upon the resurrected Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life to accomplish the ministry that he's called us to do. I appreciate what Mike had to say earlier about ministering to the children of our church. And our commitment to them uh, says everything about the future of the church and where we go as a church because they really are our future in this uh, community. Uh, One day we will hand it all over to them. And folks, trust me, that will happen quicker than you think. I remember growing up hearing my school teacher say, now one day you'll be the adults and one day you'll be the... The leaders in the community and I just couldn't imagine because I was just a snotty-nosed kid in North Louisiana and uh, sure enough it went just like that time passed before you knew it we were making adult decisions about the community and adult decisions about the church adult decisions about what we will do with our life when we minister we minister in the resurrection power of the risen Christ we learn that God is able to perform when we trust and believe in Him, and He will get all the credit. I read this past week the story in the Old Testament about Gideon and how God had called Gideon to fight the Midianites, and uh, he, t- he instructed Gideon. He said, "I tell you what, you gather the number of people that are willing to fight, and are willing to serve, and are willing to perform this uh, this mission that I have for." For you to do and so Gideon went out and he recruited 32,000 troops 32,000 soldiers to fight the battle against the Midianites and then God said to Gideon now I want you to clean house and I want you to separate those men and I'm gonna and I, and take them down to the brook and the ones that lap up the water with their hands are, are Going to be on one camp the ones that just reach down and sip without lapping it in their hands they're going to be the others. And the ones that sipped the water were the ones that God chose. And he said, to tell the others, you go back home. They went back home. Then God said, I want you to thin the, thin the group again. God thinned the group that Gideon was going to use down to only 300 soldiers. From 32,000 to 300 soldiers. That's how much God uh, thinned out the number of soldiers that were going to be required to take over the Midianites and to fight the battle. And Gideon wanted to know why would God do this? And God says, I'm doing this so you will know that it is the Lord your God who wins the battle. It is not by your power. It will not be by your strength, but it will be the work of God, a true miracle of the Lord. Folks, there are a lot of things in ministry that I enjoy doing, and there's a lot of things in ministry that I just have to you know, get a deep breath and take up some courage that I hadn't had before and walk into it because I know that I'm weak in some areas. I don't do everything well. I don't even pretend that I do everything well in the Lord's work. And so I, I draw up a sense of courage and strength from the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, help me in this challenge that I'm facing now. Uh, one, and, and so as I step forward in the faith that God's going to be there with me, He seems to work it out. He seems to get us through it. He seems to accomplish more than I ever could by my own skills, my own uh, talents, my own performance. And I've learned early in the ministry to lean upon the Lord and to trust Him because the power to do ministry uh, that's required for any leader in the church is, is, um, is an awesome power. It's an awesome, takes a lot of courage and, and when you perform in the courage of the Holy Spirit and allow God to get the credit for it all, He works it out. He works it out. I've had several occasions where I've had to counsel with people and say some things that I didn't want to say. And, and I remember praying ahead of time, God, I can't do this, I don't like doing this, but it's got to be done for the health of the church, for the health of families in, in the church. Uh, it just has to be done. And I had a deacon one time that met with me as I met with the family to say to them, I can't be your pastor anymore. We can't walk together anymore. uh, You're welcome to come. You're welcome to use another staff member as your pastor. But I can no longer be your... That was a hard thing to do. But as it worked out, it worked out for the good of the family. It worked out for the good of the church. It worked out for the good of everyone involved. And we were healthier because of that. I've had other occasions like that that required a sense of courage that I don't normally have and that I shy away from but God gave me the strength to do the right thing and when I did the right thing it worked out the right way and so the ministry that we perform in order to do the right thing we have to have courage and that comes from the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and to understand that Jesus is Lord of the church he is head of the church and I'm just a servant I'm here to deliver the message I didn't create the message. I didn't make the message up. I'm here to deliver the message. I'm here to deliver the truth. And when I deliver the truth and deliver the message of the Lord, I must do it in the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. And so that's what Gideon learned. He learned that God could overcome the Midianites, the enemies that they faced, reduce his army uh, by 99%, and say, just give me 1% of your guys, and I will win the battle, and I will conquer the enemies that you have. And God's doing that in your life and mine. Uh, He's taking our weaknesses. He's taking our flaws. He's taking our areas of growth, we call them, and he's transforming those so that God gets the credit for everything that we do. There are times that we want to get credit. We want to take credit for ourselves. And, And we're so tempted to do that many, many, many times because we like to be congratulated. Uh, we like for people to say, that was great, that was a great job that, that you did. And so pride gets in the way uh, because we want to be c- congratulated instead of giving God all of the credit that he is due because he is worthy of our worship and worthy of our praise. So I want to share with you today uh, at least four ways to set, to set pride aside at least four ways to set pride aside one is use humility instead of pride lean on humility instead of pride and we do that by giving god the credit say lord you be praised lord you be glorified help me to walk in humility because humility gives god the credit for whatever we do and when we have that attitude of i'm a servant I'm here to serve. That's my job. Then I don't have a problem with giving God the, the uh, credit for what is, uh, what is accomplished because it's for him. It's for his glory. It's for his honor. I remember a friend of mine who went to a, a preaching conference one time and he came back with a message that the pastor had preached. And the message the pastor had preached was talking about the transforming presence of Christ. And he preached on that verse by the Apostle Paul, I've died with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And in speaking about I've died with Christ, he says, you know, I'm a dead man. And he says, you can't hurt a dead man. And so he set aside that issue of pride and the desire to get the credit and and the temptation to whine when we don't get the credit for something and saying that it belongs to Christ. I'm simply a servant of the Lord. We went to crossings this summer at um, Jonathan Creek, the students wore a, um, uh, a T-shirt that said, I'm a servant, I'm a servant. And I've taken that with me as one of those uh, golden truths that I have learned at camp with our students. And, and, and that reinforces me to help live life based on the fact that I'm a servant. To be a, a pastor based on the fact that I've said yes to Christ. Uh, to, to serve because I have been served by the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, a way to put away pride is to recognize the gift of God in your life, and humility gladly acknowledges that everything we have is a gift from God. There's a great story in the New Testament, in the Book of Acts, about uh, Paul. I'm uh, not Paul, but about um, uh, Peter, and uh, and also John. And as these disciples were ministering, uh, there was a man that they met who would ask for alms outside the temple grounds. And as he was asking for alms, he looked to Peter and John as if that they would be able to give him some money. And they told this uh, paralytic, they said, we don't have any money, but what we do have, we give unto you. And uh, they said, in other words, do you want to be healed? And he said, yes. And they healed the man, and he leaped. uh, He rose up and leaped into the temple with Peter and John. And, and a great fuss came about because here was a man that was a beggar. Here was a man who was a paralytic. Here was a man who always was asking for alms outside the temple grounds. Now he was inside the temple. Now he was healed. Now he was walking around praising God. And the Pharisees didn't like it. The Pharisees were criticizing the apostles. And they met and they said, How can we stop these guys? We, we can't flog them, we can't put them in prison because the crowd acknowledges that the miracle that was performed was from the Lord. And so they met for a while and they decided, we'll just ask them, we'll just tell them, don't talk anymore about Jesus. Just just don't talk anymore about Jesus. And Peter and John were seemed to be more emboldened at that point than they ever had. And they said to the Pharisees, you can tell us all day long not to talk about Jesus, but we don't have any other message than to talk about Jesus Christ. And they did. And the gospel was spread, and more and more people began to believe. Give credit to God and acknowledge His gift to you in your life and give Him glory and give Him honor. And when you recognize God's gift, humility will be a part of you that's growing so that you don't get the credit, but that you give the credit to God. A third way to set aside pride is to serve others. And humility wants to do that. I'm here to serve you. And however I can serve you, that's what my life is all about. It's Life's not about what can I get, but life's about how can I serve? How can I invest in you? How can I minister uh, <coughs> unto you? And when we are ministering to others and serving others, then we are growing and becoming more like Jesus Christ. And God gets the, gets the... Credit for it a fourth way to put aside pride is to know what true greatness really is when Jesus was approached by the mother of two of the disciples she said permit it Lord that my two sons can sit at your right side when you inherit your kingdom thinking that he would set up an earthly kingdom and that uh, they would rule with him and Jesus said this is not for me to to award It is only for the Father in heaven. And he said to the mother and to the disciples, can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Can you endure what I'm about to endure? And they said, oh, yeah, we can. He said, yeah, and you will, but it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. And after the crucifixion of Christ, they were sought after. Their lives were on the uh, uh, list of the most wanted. And they were uh, chased down. They were... Uh, executed they were thrown to lions in, in those days uh, it was a horrible way to live because uh, your life was threatened every day because you said kurios Christos uh, kurios Christos means Lord Jesus or Lord Christ and uh, what the Romans wanted them to do was say kurios Caesar Caesar's Lord and they said no you're going to say kurios Christos and they did that and they paid for it and it cost them their very lives But Jesus said, this is what true servanthood really is. It is serving others. It is giving of yourself to the kingdom of God and not backing down, but allowing Christ to be Lord of your life. You know, everything that Jesus did was criticized by somebody. And everything the disciples did in the name of Jesus was criticized by somebody. And if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you're going to be criticized by somebody. Some of these things you just gotta get used to. And you've got to get a thick skin. And and you gotta say, I've died with Christ. And you've got to be able to say, You can't hurt a dead man. And you've got to be able to say, I'm just a servant. And you've got to be able to say, I'm in there for the long haul. And you've got to say, I'm gonna be a finisher and I'm gonna serve all my life. And I'm not gonna give up and I'm not gonna quit and nobody's gonna run me away. I am here. Get used to it. I'm a servant of the Lord jesus christ ministry is performed by the strength of his power as we yield daily to his lordship as head of the church and head of our lives as his disciples secondly we are called on to obey the commission of our lord jesus the church has received this great commission to go and serve in his name I looked up some statistics this week and discovered that if each day in this in this period of time that we live in right now, every day, including today, on the earth that we live in, 157,000 people will die without Christ. Can you believe that in the globe in which we live? Now, the culture in which we live, you know, there's Christian. Uh, radio stations there are opportunities on TV for people to hear the gospel but there are unreached people groups we call them in our in our world who've never heard the name of Jesus. I remember going on a mission trip one time we were in Tanzania and we ended up uh, staying at, a, at an old Methodist conference center and um, uh, this was the tea fields out there growing. And uh, one of the missionaries pointed out to those tea fields out there, he said, everything beyond the tea fields, everything on the other side over there is called beyond the Great Commission, meaning those people have never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And his job was to plant himself in that area and begin to raise up pastors, begin to raise up missionaries among the nationals that live there, so that they would go to the unreached people groups and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of those unreached people groups, I think about those people, 156,000 people around the world today, 157,000 today, will die without ever hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that in our day and our time? It's hard for us to fathom that, but that is the truth. Folks, it's the calling of the Great Commission that essentially gives us the who, the what, the when, the where, and the how is all wrapped together into what we are to do as followers of Christ because He is the head of the church. Uh, Who do we share the gospel with? Everyone. Go ye into all the world, Jesus said, and make disciples. Not part of the world, but all the world. Go to those, not the ones that are pre-selected to be saved, but to all. Go into all the world, because all the world can be saved. All the world can know salvation in Jesus Christ. And where are we to go? Anywhere and everywhere. Anywhere and everywhere. And uh, even in Meade County, where we live in Meade County, maybe maybe you live in Hardin County, maybe some of you live in the of, uh, Jefferson County and drive in, uh, there are people all around us who are begging to hear the story of the resurrected Christ and the way we do that is we listen to their story and then we share our story and if you're a follower of Christ if you've been born again if you've been saved you have a salvation story and these folks are wet ready and anxious and ready to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ I'm I'm sort of amazed every day as to how people will listen to a presentation of the gospel and we disqualify them because we think well They can never be saved. We kind of know something about them. We kind of know their life history. We kind of know how hard they are. We kind of know how resistant they are to to the gospel. We we pre-disqualify people from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ just because of our prejudice in our mind as to whether or not they'll even be, be saved. But I've come to learn that when people start hearing the gospel, they start listening. Time after time again, I've seen the gospel presented at home I've been there myself, shared the gospel story with people, and they'll get up and turn off the TV. There was a time when we asked, had to ask them to turn the TV off. Now people will just say, let me turn the TV down. because they want to hear. They're hearing the truth. From the world, they're hearing nothing but, but false, nothing but uh, untruth, nothing but uh, harassment, nothing but uh, prejudice and racism from the world in which we live. But when you share the gospel of Jesus and how Christ died for everyone and that they too can be saved, uh, there is a listening ear. There is a listening ear. And we are called to go to those people and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. There are four commands that come with the Great Commission for you and I to consider. Command number one, preach the gospel to all nations and to all people. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, the saving gospel. Go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. We're to go into all the world. We're not to go into just part of the world, but we are to go into all nations and to all people. In the Gospel of Mark, the Bible says that those who believe will perform miracles. Uh, he talks about picking up snakes, and I guess that's where the some of the Baptists in East Kentucky pick up the snakes. But um, he said that there would be such a power among the people who did receive the gospel that miracles will be performed. And of course, the first miracle is that they become a child of God to start with. And the second miracle is that they will tell somebody else. And when you do that, there is a presence and a spirit of the Holy Spirit that's there whenever someone shares the, the gospel of Christ. I hear people talk about it all the time when God showed up. Folks, I've come to learn that when you share the gospel, God shows up. Every time the gospel is shared with somebody, God shows up in a miraculous way. And um, it's just amazing how it happens. Thirdly, he says to baptize new believers and make disciples of them, number four. As we baptize, we continue that role of discipleship. And that's why Sunday school is so vital and so important, because our Sunday school is built upon a discipleship process that covers several years and as you uh, go through these Bible study lessons that we have in Sunday school, you're being discipled and it's the small groups where we disciple each other. We minister to each other. We have care groups in our Sunday school. I hope we have care groups in our Sunday school. If we don't, please uh, you need a care group leader. You need a care group leader for the lost and you need a care group leader for those who are already disciples of Christ and as we care for one another we grow in Christ's likeness. So my point for you to hang on to today is, number one, I'm a servant. Christ is head of the church. I'm a servant. Number two, I serve in the power of the resurrected Christ. He says it so clearly in these verses of Scripture. Uh, he says in verse 19, These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and received Him at His right hand in the heavenly... Uh, Places. So we minister in the power of the resurrected Christ. That ministry leads us to reach the world with the gospel because so many people are dying without Christ, dying without that knowledge of Christ, and we are to go into all the world. I am so proud of Eckren Baptist Church for many, many reasons. One of the reasons I'm so proud of you is that you give nine and a half percent of your income or receipts to the cooperative. Quadru- uh, program, and you give, um, I think it's $3,500 a year to the local us association. Uh, we've been encouraged by our association director of missions to start giving 1%. Well, that's less than what we're giving now, so we want to kind of keep it up there and keep our support of the association strong, but I'm really proud of the amount that you're giving cooperative Program. And even though Southern Baptists have gone through the uh, sexual abuse issues that were Dealing with, I'm not heard anybody here say let's withdraw. Instead, I'm hearing let's stay faithful, let's serve, because God has called us to reach the world with the gospel. And unless we give, we can't send people. And the churches are depending upon us. The average Southern Baptist church runs about a hundred. Uh, we had 120 in Sunday school today, so we're kind of the average church. The average Southern Baptist church gives about 10% to the Cooperative. Uh, program here lately that's reduced by six down to about six percent that's nationwide i'm proud that you're up to almost ten percent as a church and i would encourage you as the new budget year comes along to remain faithful to that and not to say well southern baptists are having problems let's quit quit giving money folks those problems will come and those problems will go and right now they're going away thanks be to god New, new leadership is taking place. There's a transparency that's taking place. Those who have uh, been the victims of abuse have had their day, and as they should have, and uh, uh, new forms of protection are being placed. We as a church are going to be uh, receiving some training in October from the Kentucky Baptist Convention on how we can improve the way that we protect the members of our church as well. I'm hoping that in this coming year, one of the projects I want to see completed here is that we have a safe church policy, a safe church handbook. And that takes a little time to put, put together. But it comes, becomes a tool for us to put into place to protect every member of our church and, and to be a, a church that says we love our children, we want to protect our children. Uh, we love uh, the people of our church, we want to protect the people uh, of our church. And so, a safe church policy is very important. And I want us to be sure that we get into that project in the coming year. And if you're the kind of person that says, uh, that interests me, I'd like to serve, write that down on that form. Uh, we'd like to get you involved if you haven't done that kind of thing before. It's a great educational process. Uh, we are just about through with our bylaws. Well, not just about, what you so say, about halfway through. We're about halfway through with our bylaws and constitution. And uh, be patient with us as we go through this process. It's an 18-month uh, process as a church. Uh, but this sets up for us a, a, a way of uh, behaving as a church and making decisions as a church that includes everybody. And the Safe Church policy will, will come out of that. And so we will look forward to that in the future as well. Well, enough about the administrative things going on in our church. And uh, let me say this about deacons. Uh, I'll be preaching a message, I hope, next Sunday on the work of the deacon and what it means to be a deacon in the church. And in August, we will have an election of new deacons. And uh, we're looking forward to this. Um, And I pray that more of you men that have been sitting on the sidelines, you know, in the past will say, I'll serve. I'll I'll serve. I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. I'm ready to reengage. I've had my break, and I'm ready to serve. And uh, we'll talk about what that means uh, this coming Lord's Day. All right? Okay, let's bow together in prayer. And uh, let me encourage you, if you're someone that wants to uh, give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, become a follower of His, we're going to give an invitation song at this time. And this is your opportunity to come while we sing. And we'll counsel with you and pray with you and help you to make that choice to give your life to Jesus Christ and to follow through in believers' baptism baptism Uh, how do you know that it's time to do that well it's time to do that when you know you need to when you know you need to that's the time and so today if you know you need to then this is your time father thank you for salvation through jesus christ thank you for the opportunities to serve thank you for uh, giving us lord uh, the great church like Ekron that we can serve together christ will be lord of our church and that we will make decisions uh, that are the best for your kingdom and for your glory. For that person today who's contemplating giving their life to Jesus, I pray that today the they will come now, while we sing this song. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.